0: studio stories studio stories a podcast reminiscing on twin cities dance history all stories are connected new ones woven from threads of the old hi i'm matthew jandeski welcome to studio stories today our guest to share a bit of their studio stories is maggie bergeron maggie is an organizer teacher choreographer dancer lighting designer and writer holding a BFA in dance from the University of Minnesota, Twin Cities. She also holds a master's of arts in teaching from Minnesota State University, Mankato. Welcome, Maggie.
1: Hi, Matthew, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, this is really fun for me. I, I've known you as a student at the U, a dancer with Shapiro and Smith Dance, uh, been in awe of you as the head of the St. Paul Conservatory for Performing Artists. Uh, dance program, and uh, your work as a choreographer in your own right as well. There's lots to get in into here and through, um, so let's get started. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. How did, you, how did you start dancing?
1: Great question, and a good question to start. Um, I grew up on a farm outside of a tiny little town in northwestern Minnesota, and my mom tells the story that I I never slept. Until when I was five, um, a dance teacher came from the big city of Grand Forks, North Dakota to Argyle to teach ballet classes on Saturday mornings. And so I started dancing in the multi-purpose room of this tiny little school in Argyle, Minnesota. And after I started dancing, I started sleeping. And so that feels connected and important in some way. (laughs) And that my body was was craving this kind of physical and emotional and mental activity. Um, So yeah, I started there with Catherine Rand. I have to shout out to Catherine Rand um, who was dancing with the North Dakota ballet company at that time and drove an hour to teach a bunch of little kids. Many of whom are still dancing. I will say too
0: that's awesome and how old were you again
1: I was five
0: five years old yeah I love it <laughs> so what was your path from from that first initial ballet class how did
1: yeah. it continue? yeah so I danced like that for a while and then um once a week in the on the concrete floor in the multi-purpose room and then I um <laughs> I just have such clear memories like it was green floor and like the black lines of the basketball court and then the lunch tables that folded up into the side walls um so many impactful memories for me there um I did that for a while and then another teacher um came out to Argyle to start teaching and noticed my interest in my um commitment I was really committed to these dance moves and it's very
0: surprising to hear about you Maggie <laughs> <laughs> committed
1: focused <laughs> I was so focused um, and so he was like you know do you want to dance more?" and um, I was like yeah and I give huge props and huge credit to my parents who were like, yes Maggie, if you want to do this I think I was in like third grade at that point if you want to do this, we can make this commitment. And so I started training privately with him, ballet. I was in ballet land this whole time um, mm-hmm. in Grand Forks. So my parents drove me an hour, uh, one way, three to four times a week to, to train with um, this teacher. And that sort of led into um, more training and dancing with the North Dakota Ballet Company in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Um, led into some... Intensives. I I did an intensive with the Royal Winnipeg Ballet, and I was like eleven, because Winnipeg is so close, um, so close to where I grew up. Yeah, and um, oh my
0: gosh, I'm really just so much ballet. So much
1: ballet. It was all ballet then. Um, Who
0: was that gentleman? That
1: yeah, his his name is Kyle Tucker, and he was a dancer. I think in like Mississippi, I don't know. He was a ballet dancer who had a career and he was going to the university of North Dakota to to become a pilot and like fell into the dance community in Grand Forks. Um, So just so many weird things that happened that I was just like following this path of dance um, on this farm. Um, And, and I was also like, Argyle is a really small town and I was really interested and committed to dancing and there wasn't a lot of dance in Argyle. Um, there was no dance in Argyle. And so I being the like go-getter that I am in seventh grade, I started writing to boarding schools. Um, cause I was basically like, I need to be in a place where I can do more dancing, um, and be around other people who are into this. Um, and then When I was an 11th, no, 10th grader, I applied to Interlochen Arts Academy, which is a boarding school for the arts. And I got in and I got enough scholarship so that my parents were like, I guess so. Wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. And to have that, I don't know, that just really speaks a lot to you. (laughs) The word committed, devoted, uh, focused... You know, to have that wherewithal to know that at in seventh grade, like to have that drive like that is just incredible to me. Where is interlaken? Is it in Wisconsin or Michigan? No, it's or? in Michigan. Okay. And like,
1: if you're a, Michi- a Michigander, um, <laughs> you, you like make the, you can't see me because I'm, this is a podcast, but if you could see me, I'm holding up my hand like it's a mitten. And that's like the map of Michigan. Oh, so yeah, yeah, you, yeah. So if you look at your hand, like a mitten, your right hand, right? Yeah, your right hand. It's like where your pinky finger is. It's called uh, Interlochen, Michigan. It's on the Lower Peninsula. And um, it's right outside of Traverse City.
0: Okay. I, and I have definitely heard of Interlochen Arts Academy before. I know it has like a wonderful program for dance, and there's many artists in the community here that went to that school. In fact, um, in their bios, I've read at least. Tell me, tell me about your training there.
1: Yeah, it was also heavily ballet based. Um, okay. Yeah, and it was so it's a boarding school, so you live in dorms and attend academic classes in the morning, and then I got to dance for about five hours every afternoon, which was like a dream come true. Um, heavily ballet tra- uh, uh, focused training. Um, some modern, so there was a modern teacher, and that was like my kind of first introduction to modern dance or something more contemporary in nature. Um, and my the director of the dance program at the time um, was Sharon Randolph, and she was uh, hugely influential in my training and my development as a an artist and as a human in the world um yeah and it was just really incredible to be in an environment where everyone is working toward becoming an artist thinking about the world critically and really practicing and honing a craft um, Interlaken also has music at that point it was music, visual art, um, vocal performance, theater. And now it has many more things. It's a really different school now. Um but at that point it was it was a bit smaller and a bit less expensive, um and a and a bit um just kind of messier, I think, maybe is hmm. the term.
0: I mean you went to the fame school, basically. Basically, which is- yeah Yeah. like how dreamy i so wish that i could have done that (laughs) it's so great that you had that you know i don't know to to actually research it yourself and and to have your parents be so supportive in that way of like sending their you know teenage uh teenager to a a boarding school and i love that it was funny
1: it was really life-changing for me. Um, I remember even just in my academic classes, having the opportunity to talk about historical perspectives, which Mm -hmm. is something that I hadn't talked about um, in Argyle. Like the idea that the person who wrote the textbook has a specific perspective that may not be everyone's perspective. Yeah. And that was really, really profound for me to be able to, Um, engage in those conversations um, with my instructors and also with my classmates um, who are just really extraordinary people and I learned so much from them and from my instructors Um, and I remain like best friends with a number of the people that I went to school with there
0: that's so great how did what did uh how did your career transpire from high school then did you i know you went to the university of minnesota was that your first outing uh into college or
1: no no there's a, this is where it gets a little rocky i mean and it was <laughs> rocky and you i know like you know it sounds so dreamy like farm girl went to boarding school like turned into a dancer and like there is i feel like a fairy tale aspect to it but also kind of the there is a bit of a dramatic, uh, take on it too, in that, I mean, interlocking was really hard. It was hard to be away from home. It was hard to be dancing that much. I mean, I loved it, but it was also hard, um, and hard to be in an environment where everyone was trying their best all the time. Mm. Um, There's a lot of stress in that and a lot of anxiety and, um, we were just all trying to make it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I don't want to just like glaze over some of the challenges. Um, and also the the lovely thing about interlocking is that the instructors there really supported my work. And I'm like five foot two, and I have like really big calves, like <laughs> they're, they're very big. And they, um, you know, like that's not the typical um, body for a ballerina, um, but I could dance, like I could. I could do anything they asked me to yeah. and they really supported me in that, which was like such a huge boost to my self-esteem, um, which was amazing. But then it also set me up for this situation where it's like, yeah, I'm like a highly trained ballet dancer with like no real job prospects because I don't necessarily look like what a ballet dancer looks like, especially at that point. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, things have shifted a little bit, but um, for me at that point, it was, it was, I was kind of stuck in this place of like, I was on a huge scholarship at Interlochen and my parents didn't necessarily have the funds. Um, my, my, I'm a farming family, right? Um, not a lot of funds to go on an audition tour for companies mm. or support me as I did an unpaid, an unpaid apprenticeship with a company. Like, those weren't options for me. Um, So I was kind of, like, in this rocky place of, like, I had all this skill and I could dance, I could move, um, but I didn't necessarily have some of those, like, social or societal structures in place to support me becoming a a ballerina, (laughs) a ballet dancer in a company somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry. You're going to say something.
0: No, Um, no, just... uh, so So what then... What transpired happened? from Interlaken.
1: Yeah. So I went to a little tiny liberal arts college in Erie, Pennsylvania called Mercyhurst college. And I went there because I got a huge scholarship. Um, and they had a pretty strong ballet program and I went there and it was not so good for me. It was really, it was a tough, tough moment. Um, moving from this boarding school full of artists and like drive and aspiration and commitment and critical thinking into a relatively small town with a pretty, you know, the, the ballet program was a tiny piece of this college. So there are a lot of other people. Um, and I really struggled there. I really struggled with, uh, my identity as a dancer, my identity as, um, an artist, trying to figure out my identity as a citizen and and as a human. And so I left Mercyhurst after a year and quit dancing. I was done. I cut all my hair off, not all of it, but I cut it short and (laughs) had all of these like statements (laughs) that felt like I'm taking control in a way of of this path. Um, And then I moved back to the farm And did AmeriCorps in Argyle, in Stephen, another little town um, up in northwestern Minnesota, and did that for a year. And it was like, I'm done dancing. Um, But then, (laughs) it's so funny to me. um, But then I got a phone call, like before cell phones, I got a phone call at my parents' house. And it was this woman who, like, I picked up the phone, I was like, hello. And she said to me, She said, You don't know me, but I know you. I'm Shira Greenberg, and I am wondering if you want to come down to Albuquerque, New Mexico and dance in my Nutcracker, my contemporary take on the Nutcracker. What? Exactly, exactly. And I was like, okay. And it had turned out that Shira was an alum of Interlochen and had just been at her, I don't even know what year, Shira, I'm sorry if you're listening to this, your 10-year reunion maybe at Interlochen. And she went into the dance program and said, I'm looking for someone to play the rat queen in my like modern nutcracker with cash dance company in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And Sharon Randolph was like, you should call it Maggie Bergeron. Here's her number. And oh yeah. So then I went to, to New Mexico. I started dancing again, thanks to Shira and, um, spent six weeks learning this like wild and wacky. And so such a fun take on the nutcracker. Um, that Shira choreographed for Keshet Dance Company. Um, And I I just kind of fell in love with dancing again.
0: Well, and I mean, I'm going to stop you as well here because that says quite a lot, Maggie, about your facilities at that time as well. You know, I think. Yeah. Like just to acknowledge that, like, okay, you know, you need to talk to this person and you go to New Mexico. That's yeah. incredible.
1: It was cool. And Shira, but also, yeah, it was, it was incredible. And Shira also like trusted me for no reason. And I trusted her for no reason. Um, and that was really the beginning of a an extraordinary relationship artistically and personally with Shira Greenberg. Um, because she's doing some really incredible things in Albuquerque. And so when I went down for this residency to learn this show and perform it, I also taught, like, Keshet Dance Company teaches in the Juvenile Detention Center in Albuquerque, and I had the opportunity to go work with the kids at the JDC and with the other dancers who teach there, and that was a really impactful um, moment in my life as a dancer and a teacher and a person. Um, And Shara also does a lot of work with um, mixed ability dancing or all ability dancing or disability aesthetics um and so the whole like snow scene in her nutcracker uh was dancers with wheelchairs dancers who don't use wheelchairs dancers who use crutches and it was it was really it opened my brain in a big way to what dance can be um and the purpose of dance in building community and connection and um i'm really grateful for that moment
0: yeah and this is all sounding more and more like I understand completely your trajectory to SBCPA now as well with the head of the program there but I'm getting ahead of myself um so how long were you in New Mexico
1: so I was there for six weeks um that first residency um and learned the show and got to dance it um a number of times and then that really um sort of set the stage for continued collaboration with Shira and Keshet. And over the years I've gone down and set a number of pieces of choreography with them. And, um, yeah, just really grateful for that relationship. Um, but after that show, I went back to Argyle and finished up my AmeriCorps term and then decided like, okay, well, I still love dancing. Turns out. Um, and I have this (laughs) whole modern thing. Like this is interesting. Um, I'm enjoying this, (laughs) Uh, but I still don't know, like I'm still kind of hurt after um, the idea that I I couldn't be a ballerina. And Mm -hmm. so I'm not quite ready to dive in completely. Um, So then I decided to go to the University of Minnesota and I was gonna major in education and become a teacher. Like this is something I've always known I love. Um, And so I did, so I applied to the U and got in And then I got there and then, um, there's always a dance major audition, like the weekend that's right before school starts. And so I went to it just like, why not? And I got into the dance degree, um, (laughs) into the dance major. And I was really, I don't know. I was excited. I, I just have memories of that audition and just like, oh, Like, there are other parts of dance that I've never seen and don't know, and that are really interesting to me. So, okay. All right. Like, this, I feel like I can learn a lot here. Um, And then continued on and got my BFA in dance at the University of Minnesota.
0: Awesome. So, what, was this, like, mid-90s at the U for Uh, you?
1: It was the year two thousand. Oh my gosh, I'm way
0: off.
1: (laughs) I came to the U in 2000.
0: Okay. So Barbara Barker Center, already there.
1: Already there. It was the second semester that classes were happening.
0: (laughs) I'm really aging you, Maggie. I'm so sorry. (laughs)
1: No, it's great. I love it. I love all the context, the timeline.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So who were were some of the teachers then for you there?
1: Yeah. Tony Pierce Sands and Joni Smith, Danny Shapiro. Maria Chang, Marge Maddox, still thinking, who else? Kathy Young, Danny Burcheski. Oh my gosh. Patricia, Patricia Brown, I took class with. Yeah. It was
0: amazing. Was Maria Chang the head at that time then?
1: uh, I think it was Maria for a little bit and then Marge. No, it was just Marge. I think Maria was just coming off of her directorship. I think.
0: Okay. 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 I feel like, I don't know, I have fond memories of that, you know, the Barbara Barker Center opening and just kind of this amazing, I don't know, like heyday feel to the department at that time. And maybe it's because I graduated already and it was like, wow, look at it now.
1: (laughs) But I think there was a heyday also, I feel, because a lot of my peers at the time, are still my colleagues. And Like a lot of people are, are dancing, and making uh-huh. and thinking. I feel like there was a lot going on there in that moment. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it yeah. Feels... I mean, who were some of your fellow students?
1: Yeah. Um. My my mind goes to Sarah Balmert, Leslie O'Neill, A.J. Peterson, Anya Sifren Gallagher. Jamie Ryan Carls I'm forgetting I know I'm forgetting some people Eva Moan. Um, let's see. Mariah what does what's Mariah's last name It was Mariah Meyer, but it's something else now um, oh. who's a mm-hmm. dance and movement therapist and so like all, I feel like these people all really moved into different worlds and lands and strands but they're all really embodied and like the education at the university of Minnesota really supported them as they moved into these realms and worlds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, getting knowing you and knowing that group of dancers as well, like how strongly connected you all are Mm -hmm. to this day, like, and it's very prevalent. And I think really, yeah, really a strong, dance component to this community from yeah, that group
1: shout <laughs> out to hannah kramer and liz warzonik those are two yeah. two ones that that came yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah
0: okay so, so at the u what uh what pieces for the coles mm-hmm. guest artists did you get to perform in
1: that's a great question and um it brings back so many memories uh I did Esplanade, Paul Taylor's Esplanade. Oh my uh, gosh. And I was the, like the little short running person. Of and course I, you were. <laughs> <laughs> and Mary Cochran um, came and set that piece. And it was so fun to dance with someone who is like my height uh, and to like do a, a role that was designed for someone mm. like me. Um, so that was like, yeah, some of the best memories. Um I did a piece by Bill Young. I did a piece by John Bassant.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um There's one more that I can't remember.
0: It's yeah. so great. I mean, I think that that's one of the best highlights of of the university's program, honestly, is like that exposure and opportunity to get to dance with up-and-coming and and really, really established modern icons, modern dance icons, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a real gift, and it's not very common. I mean, again, thank you, John and Sage Coles, for that endowment that really brings in a lot of artists and scholars um, into that program and into Minneapolis. It's a really extraordinary um, program that has like the ripples are, are deep and wide and the impact is um, pretty limitless, honestly. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, and such a different, again, like that heyday kind of sense of, of the U of M dance program of that time and of what dance could be. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I
0: feel it has really shifted uh, in, the, in the world.
1: Yeah, and I yeah. have just... Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Matthew, I'm sorry.
0: No, go for it. Um,
1: but just also along with that is um, working with Ananya Chatterjee also um, in my time at the University of Minnesota and taking dance history with her and um, taking what was called... What was it called? I forget what it was called, but it's now... Or maybe it was Theorizing Dancing Bodies is what it was called. And mm. that really, again, like shifted the way I was thinking about dance and movement and bodies and context and history and like what it is we're doing when we're dancing and what are we reiterating? What are we creating space for? And how are we doing that? And, and those, those questions and and the way that Ananya like really pushed all of us to, to rethink, uh, um, And to think, to think, or just like start thinking about what it is we're doing with our bodies in our dancing and in our choreography was like hugely impactful as well.
0: Mm. Yeah. What, uh, what, so upon graduation at the U of M, Mm -hmm. what were you doing?
1: What was I doing? I was like, what am I going to do? Um, (laughs) (laughs) a little bit of that, um, but also I had started teaching for Minnesota dance theater while I was a student at the U what I did. Yeah. I was teaching um, some contemporary classes and some little kiddo classes. And I was doing that because again, like this like teaching thing has always moved through what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. Um, And I knew that I was going to graduate and I didn't have any money and I would need to figure out a way to make some money and teaching is something that I'd done all along and um, knew that that was a way for me to make money. And I also really loved it. And so I reached out to MDT and Lisa hired me to teach some of their students um, my senior year. And that was like starting me starting to think about transitioning into not being in school. Um, so when I graduated, I was teaching for MDT and um dancing for Shapiro and Smith Dance, and we were starting to make a piece called Any Town that was um being created, and we were like on the cusp of quite a bit of touring with that piece. Um so yeah, so I graduated dancing with Shapiro and Smith dance, teaching at MDT, I was teaching at a couple of other studios too. Um, I was working on my own work. um, So starting to think about some rehearsals and scheduling dancers and finding opportunities to show my own choreography as well.
0: Yeah. And so were you dancing with Chapron Smith dance, maybe as an apprentice before you graduated even?
1: I don't remember. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Or it was right after graduation. I think it was right after graduation. They did a summer intensive and that's when they asked me to apprentice. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right.
0: and And what tell me what that kind of process was like for you with creating a work with Shapiro and Smith dance? And I know that this is a, around the time of of Danny's diagnosis.
1: Yep, Danny was diagnosed with prostate cancer um, I think the year before I graduated. so Danny and Joni. Um, we're like, let's make a piece that, that we want to make, like, let's take this opportunity. Let's take this chance while well, this time, while well, we have it to make this. And so they were working on, um, this piece, this piece called Town and Joni's sister, Susie Tyrell is the fiddle player in Bruce Springsteen's band. So that was their kind of hook in and they, uh, used Susie's music and then Bruce Springsteen's music and Bruce's wife, um, Patti fuzz music um, to create this piece. And we just danced. I mean, we danced a lot. And this piece had like, I mean, that's a silly thing to say, I feel like, but it was really, it was highly physical. And um, this piece also had a lot of furniture. So we were like moving beds and tables and chairs and rocking chairs. And so it was a pretty immersive experience for me to just really dig into making and the way that Danny and Joni make specifically, Um, which is like, feels complicated to me somehow in that, like, I was also trying to figure out how I make. Mm. And then being in this process with Danny and Joni in their making and sort of the conversation between those things,
0: yeah, yeah, it's like learning what, what you like or what yeah. you think you want to hold on to, but then also like, oh, that doesn't, I don't think that's right.
1: Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and it, I feel like that's, I wish that were talked about more in dance and that I feel like students and dancers are training or dancing or learning. And there's a moment where you have to say like, okay, well, what is useful to me and what is not and why? and what is still in my body even though I'm trying to, to not for it not to be in my body <laughs> um and so I think that's an interesting conversation with dancers and makers and I, it was definitely a conversation I was having even though I didn't really know it um yeah my own work and hmm. work.
0: yeah and I of course have <laughs> my history with Shapiro and Smith as well so understanding that process of the creation of, of work with them and the physicality of it, the, you know, pure joy of of moving through space and Danny playing with movement phrases and and Joni going, ooh, let's change this, let's change this, let's grab this. And just that that excitement for me was always really interesting and exciting. Um,
1: Yeah, interesting and exciting and like trying, anytime you make something out of nothing, or like some, making space for something. I don't really think you can make something out of nothing. There's always something to work from or with, but seeing something come together, seeing something being made, seeing the space made for something is really exciting. And yeah. it, it and was, feels impossible, but somehow something happens. <laughs> you know, yeah. sorry, you were you going to say something.
0: No, no, I think, I think you're speaking to the, you know, highly collaborative mm-hmm yet also some really strong, uh, leaders leading it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And would this be your kind of, cause I know any town did have so many tours, like, so would time. that be your first touring yeah.
1: sure.
0: experience, which is another thing that I don't feel like dancers, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, we just do this, you know, but we don't have any, like, I don't know, uh, background information of like this is what to expect this is what it looks like and you know oh there's per diem every day what you know like all all of that information and you know how to take care of yourself and you know what a traveling situation looks like and all of that like and and then the excitement of it as well of like hey, i'm performing for these strangers in this strange town in Iowa now. And I love it, you know, like getting to share the work and talk about the work and yeah, I'm just rambling on now, but
1: it's everything you're saying is true. Yeah. It was a real kind of a shock to be like, Oh, this is what this is. Um, I need to know where I'm getting my food next. <laughs> like how do we get <laughs> yeah. this? Out?
0: Yeah. And take care of your body yeah. I mean, with that extreme yeah dancing that you're doing and you're sleeping on a bed that you're not used to. And, you know, I also had routines uh, of everywhere I traveled uh, as a dancer, performer, getting to tour, like I was at every thrift store in every little city that I went to. And like, I found just the joy of being like, oh, this is what Davenport, Iowa is like. I don't know why I keep talking about Iowa now, but, you know, the, the, just the variety of what the culture of the city is and those wonderful experiences of engaging with people from different communities and, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really, think it's so exciting.
1: It is so exciting. And what's also exciting is like, who am I here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like what am I taking with me? How do I, how do I exist in this space? what is different about me here or am i like what stays the same and i think there's a lot of growth in that as well um in learning how to take care of yourself and learning how to continue to work with the same people that you're dancing with every day in different spaces um like how do i make that work for me
0: yeah yeah do you have any specific like tours that stick out to you or experiences that stick out to you?
1: Yeah, dancing at the Joyce was really cool. That was really cool. Yeah. And yeah. Um for a number of re- I mean for a number of reasons, dancing in New York City was amazing and the Joyce has so much history um and also the Joyce is tiny. Their backstage is tiny. And you know, we had this show had enough furniture for a two bedroom apartment. And I just have these, like, the crew at the Joyce, like, we would push off the couch, and they would, like, attach ropes to it, and then, like, fly the couch up into the sky off stage because there wasn't mm. enough room for the couch. So just, like, the mechanics of yeah. bringing this piece into all of these different spaces and the way that the Joyce made it work, it was amazing. Um, and the food in New York, and also the exhaustion. I think we did. I mean, I forget what the ratio was, but we were there for like seven days, and we did I think eight or nine, maybe even ten shows.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Which is packed all in. (laughs) Yeah, packed all in. Um. So yeah, that was a real a real treat. I have to say.
0: Yeah, the Joyce Theater. I mean, in my experiences with it as well, it's like it is the kind of premier dance venue. Or like the epitome of where you want to perform as a modern dancer, mm-hmm. I I think in my mind, and to have that experience and and get to experience New York in that way, mm-hmm. but then also that yeah that stage crew, mm-hmm. like they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and and They've it's seen just it all. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah, well very cool. So you you were dancing for Shapiro and Smith, and you were doing your own work as well Mm -hmm. how where where does getting your masters and all of this fit into this
1: (laughs) this is a good question um so after okay so we have to rewind a little bit before we were touring with Shapiro and Smith Dance when I say we I mean me (laughs) before I was touring with Shapiro and Smith Dance um in the process of this interview I've become multiple people um (laughs) I I think it was my second year out of college and I was still teaching for Minnesota dance theater. I was teaching um, a really fun beginning ballet for adults class um, that I just, it was so fun on Wednesday nights. And um, so I was doing some work for them. And then I got a phone call from Lisa Holton who said, there's this high school that's opening in St. Paul and they're looking, they're, they're working through Minnesota Dance Theater to contract for the the ballet and the modern instructors huh. um, for this performing arts high school. And knowing that you went to Interlochen and had an experience at a high school for performing artists, I think you would be a really good fit for this. And, you know, here's the schedule. Would you be willing to teach these ballet classes and these modern classes? And I remember being like, yeah, yes. I want to do that. That's exactly what I want to do. And I had to like rearrange my whole schedule to make it work. Um, but I did. And that was the St. Paul Conservatory for Performing Artists. Um, and so I started teaching there and that was the first year that it existed. And um, I was teaching these classes there and it was great. And it was like, reminded me a little bit of Interlochen um, and a lot of interlocking too at the same time. And that these are students who are choosing, to come to the school to dance or to do music or to do theater yeah. do musical theater um so i loved it and after teaching there for a couple of years um the spcpa offered me the dance director job Where wow.
0: were, so who I was the director originally
1: there wasn't one
0: there wasn't okay
1: yeah it was just like they were figuring out everything yeah um, it's a charter school, so charter schools, are by, they're public schools, so they're, there's no tuition, um, there's no audition to get in, and they're supported by taxpayer money. And so um, they were, like, really figuring out the structures and the, the ways to create the school and, and what works and what doesn't work, and it was a very, like, active and dynamic space in that if we wanted to change the curriculum we're like okay we're going to change the curriculum and this is what it's going to look like and we would tell the, the dancers and we'd tell the parents and we get feedback and we're like okay let's try this new thing right hmm. we're going to change it oh that's not working so great like hmm, let's evaluate let's, let's reflect on this a little bit oh let's let's add these other classes over here and so it was just a really like exciting and busy place um
0: yeah and to yeah. have to be at the beginning of something yeah. like that is just so cool to me. Um, and you were there for ten years. Is yeah, that... I
1: think ten or eleven. Some, yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was amazing.
0: Well, and I, I have to say, I think you really rocked it. I got to experience some really great opportunities there, and and to to shape something that I just felt was so successful. Um, again, going to that kind of driven and organizer that you are and committed <laughs> uh focused like I just always so appreciated how you communicated with the students and you know it was just like this caring but yet also uh I'm gonna say the word discipline but I feel like you really structured things for them so clearly that it was like okay yeah that's what we need to do do you
1: know what I mean I don't yeah I hope I mean that was my intention in like we're all in this together. We're all working towards making something, creating something, being something, and let's let's do this together, right? It's not like these are the rules because these are the rules. It's like these are the rules because this is a structure that we can work together under. Um,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, and some like so really. You... Oh, go ahead.
0: Sorry, I was gonna, I was gonna kind of shift to be like, okay, well, so you didn't get your master's yet, or teaching? Yeah, I didn't
1: get it yet. Uh, <laughs> I was That's
0: teaching out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was I was teaching there and it, it, this kind of gets into some weeds around um, public education and the way that teachers are licensed to teach in schools that are supported by taxpayer money. And so I was teaching at SPCPa and the way things were structured then with the Department of Education um, is that I could get these like one-year licenses that I would have mm. to apply for every year. Um, but then it got to the point where I couldn't, or like it, it wasn't guaranteed that I would be approved for mm. another year. And so the choice kind of was either I stop teaching at SPCPA or I go back and get uh, my teaching license and a master's degree. And so I opted to uh, do some schooling and get my teaching license and then a master's. A couple of years later.
0: And did you have to get the master's or no. was that something that? Okay.
1: Well, it's like the way they structure it is that you do your teaching license and then you have like so many credits, like a lot of credits. And then if you do like six more credits, you have a master's degree. Got it. And so that six credits felt worth it um, to get a master's degree.
0: nice yeah and so, and so that was within your kind of time frame at SPCPA then
1: yes and yeah and I was actually teaching at the U at that point too um, okay I was doing all of the things <laughs> it was
0: yes which yeah. we always do right as do, artists I mean yep. I, honestly like masters of scheduling I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. and to have that energy and focus is mm-hmm. so important yep. and it's something that I don't know, I feel like teachers or dancers, sorry, um eventually understand like how much of that is part of our role yeah. <laughs> in, in what we do as professional uh dancers in the community and such.
1: Yeah, admin doesn't go away once you graduate from college or once you become yeah. a dancer. It if anything, it gets more intense.
0: Yeah. So um, from teaching at the U of M, yeah. you more so now. You've been at the U of M for quite some time now.
1: I think it's like 14 years.
0: And wow.
1: I know. And,
0: and the roles there, I'm sure, have shifted through the years. Like, you're, are you teaching movement classes? Are you an, an organite? I feel like I have this image of you, and it probably could be totally wrong, of helping shape the program as well. Like, oh. that's a component of it. Uh yeah, what is your role there? Tell me about it.
1: <laughs> That's lovely. Um I am officially my title is a senior lecturer um which means I'm not tenure tenure track um but I'm full time in that role. So I like 100% of my job duties are teaching. Um which I love. I love teaching. And right now I'm teaching the dance pedagogy course the production course, um, an intro to dance course, which is so fun, and um, a career readiness course. And yeah, I do get to sit on leadership, um, sit in on leadership meetings and participate. So I do have some input in, in what it is we're doing and how we're doing it. And I also feel like I'm always looking for the spaces in between to try Mm. and figure things out (laughs) in like a scrappy way. Um, So I'm always like trying to figure out how to make panels of alumni and how can we pay these alumni to come back and talk to current students and Mm. how can we figure out um, right now I'm working with this researcher in the school of public health and in connecting St. Paul and Minneapolis rec centers to dance teachers to offer more dance offerings. And, you know, I I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm squeezing in between things to like find opportunities for students um, and to connect students to the world. That's really my big, my big idea. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. And what is intro to dance? Is that a movement class or is that like history?
1: It's like all of that. Um, (laughs) And I should say, I should say that the other classes I teach are for dance majors, which is so fun too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like, I love it all. This intro to dance class um, is for anyone at the university. And so we get like all kinds of people with all kinds of different majors in this space. And we work to move, we work to improvise, we work to watch a ton of videos, we work to read and just sort of like what is dance is kind of the the driving question for that course.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just am so happy you are there and that you are like, you've done such an amazing job, Maggie. (laughs) I I think um, my perspective of you at SBCPA and at the U and, you know, even hearing you talk about it now, like your voice is just so strong with that love of teaching and, and sharing resources and information and problem solving and that's really really a gift uh for our community so thank, thank you for you. that
1: <laughs> thank a lot matthew and i i just i feel like i didn't have a lot of information going into a life and dance because i up mm. on a farm and my i'm a first generation college student and um i i really had to figure out a lot And I, and I think a a life in dance is worth it. Mm. And I want to be able to support students as they try and figure it out for themselves. And if there's anything that I can offer to them as they're trying to figure it out, I think that's like really what drives me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Getting to see that kind of trajectory or progress for, for the students figuring it out for themselves.
1: Yeah, and what's it's what's beautiful. magic and golden, I mean, lots of magic and golden things, but there are a number of students that I had for four years at SPCPA, who then went to the U, and I mm-hmm. so I got to be with them for another four years. So there are some students out there that I I was with for eight years, and that's like a really <laughs> incredible experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, so, of course, during all this time, you as a creative person as well are making work. Um I have very clear memories. I know I I feel like I always talk to you about this duet, but uh this love of this duet of yours with Laura Sally Vertuccio and Eddie O'Ryan. Um what was the title of that?
1: Oh boy.
0: It's a I, duet.
1: Was it the one with the legs?
0: Yes. With yeah, the and
1: like Bombert was in that too. It was a trio? Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow. Now I'm feeling terrible.
1: I don't feel terrible. Um, <laughs> I
0: love Sarah Palmer.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do too. But yeah, if it's the one with the legs, that was I think that's the one I don't I think that's the one you're talking about.
0: I know. Okay. Yeah. I remember Sarah running in a circle yeah. now. Oh yeah. my gosh. And yes just yes, on the floor, right.
1: floor a lot. Um,
0: well tell me about the inspiration for that work maybe as a glimpse into your your process.
1: Yeah. Um so my friend Randy had these white styrofoam legs they were like mannequins and they were just legs and he was like do you want these and I said okay (laughs) um so so it got me it got me thinking about like what it means to be somewhere and to like really be with someone and what it means to just sort of like phone it in like Mm. you can see the shapes Like your body is there, but maybe you're not fully there. And so the piece kind of moved from that in that uh, what does it mean to be fully there and what does it mean to be absent in a way? And I played this game with the dancers. I remember clearly in rehearsal, button, button, who's got the button? Where you sit in a circle and there's one button and you put your hands out and then you move your hand, your hands to touch your other hand. How come I'm doing all these hand description things in a podcast? I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, but you like move your hand.
0: I'm, I'm there with you. <laughs> okay, good,
1: good, okay. <laughs> I, You move your hand, like your right hand at, on top of your left hand, and then you pretend to pick something up, and then you open it and put it back out to the to the right side of your body, and you do this in a circle, and then this button gets passed around in this way um so you might have a button in your hand or you might not have this button in your hand and there's a song you sing, and that also was really important in this piece and again this like is it there this like kind of uncertainty as to whether or not the button is there and who's got the button and in feeling like that in in life too like am I here is this really like are you there are you hmm. really here? I don't, I'm not quite sure. So it sort of played with this uncertainty feeling, I think.
0: Nice. And do you feel like for your, your inspiration for other works or anything like that, like, I'm putting assumptions here <laughs> that they kind of come out of nowhere, it seems, and you're like investigating something. Yeah. Would that, do you think that's accurate?
1: I do think that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> okay play and investigation
0: yeah and highly collaborative as yeah, well highly seems. collaborative
1: yeah yep with yeah, sound. You... i mean i often work with composers um so sound is very collaborative for me too and i really like mm-hmm. to create a world with sound and movement
0: um, I feel like your definition and my definition are we're like the same person here, Maggie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's different, you know, voices outside of that. But
1: yeah,
0: very cool. When I love it that you talk about collaboration, because uh, and with music specifically, which brings me to your next uh, question that I have, because you do a lot of collaboration now with your husband uh, Nick. I do, and getting to present. I don't know how, how long you've been doing this but you're presenting here here yeah uh, spelled h-e-a-r mm-hmm. and then h-e-r-e mm-hmm. uh a live music and movement festival with him yeah. uh so what what uh what are you guys doing right now
1: good question um we did i just to, to clarify we've done three here here festivals okay and that's where we curate musicians and composers Oh sorry, that's the same musicians and, and choreographers to create something together. And we usually make something for that show too. Um so we haven't done that post-pandemic, but we're starting to think about making something happen here in the next couple of years. Um, but we are making a piece right now um that we're gonna do at the Ice House in October. And uh-huh. This is just me and Nick. And it's interesting because it's Chris Bates, who's a bassist in town, and my husband, Nick, is a bassist. And Chris is curating an evening of duets led by bassists. And so Nick and I are a duet um, led by a bassist. However, that's not really real because we're much more collaborative than, than that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would argue with that. Um, so we're working on some um, highly collaborative piece where he and his base and his movement are as much of the, of the visual environment as me and my movement. Mm -hmm. Um, We're playing with some really slow layered, dense material right now. That's our latest rehearsal. Um, So I'm excited to make something. It's been a while. Um, and I'm excited to do it at the Ice House because I think that's a really cool venue.
0: Yeah. And I love it that it's being exposed to a larger, kind of, you know, non dance specific audience, yeah. you know? Yeah. Which I think is always, always so needed. Tell me, can you share a little bit of. <laughs> I have no. Uh, like, I've never made something with my loved one, my partner, my, you know confidant husband or anything like that uh can you share a little bit of <laughs> like I just find you know dancing with your parents myth you know yeah. husband and wife choreographers like what that husband and wife collaborating on something together can you share a little bit of yeah. I'm how that to, communicates <laughs>
1: yeah I'm trying to like think about where to start with this question because it's it's a lot. I mean, it's wonderful. Um, like I love working with Nick and I, I mean, that's how our relationship really started is that we started by making a piece together. And I thought so, yeah. yeah. And Andrea Zimmerman. Hi, Andrea. Andrea was the other dancer in this piece and she had to like watch us like fall in love. in <laughs> <laughs> uh, And so I'm so grateful to her for being patient. Um with that process. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think we, I mean, we're, yeah, again, there's so many places to start. I feel like we work really well together. We're really good at communicating with each other. We both have an understanding of logistics, um, but Mm. we also, we also both really have a different perspective on art and art making and what it is we're trying to do and how we're trying to do it. And so we can get deep into conversation Um, and it's like, I love, I love being in a process with him Um, so much so that it's like, okay, well, is everything just a process with us? Is parenting a process? I don't know. Um, I guess so. And so, um, yeah, it's good for us to make a rehearsal schedule so that we're not always talking about the piece mm. um, so we can have a little bit of separation between yeah, yeah. creating together and like who's going to make dinner tonight um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah but it and i say that too because when we were in the midst of making i think the last here here piece that we made which was uh, trees for the forest we made which was eight dancers and eight Musicians. It was a really like I I have fond memories of that rehearsal process and at, w- at one point our son was Gus was like three and he was like starting to tell us what to do in rehearsal or like he was at the dinner table he was telling saying like you should do this with the dancers and so at that point I was like okay well we we should have some boundaries here because <laughs> maybe all we it. do is talk about this piece. <laughs> um so it's good for us to have a rehearsal schedule and we're like really do it um yeah and i mean we fight like it's i feel like the rehearsal process is also like a really frustrating and beautiful way to like deal with conflict Hmm. um we have a lot of practice in dealing with conflict through the rehearsal process
0: yeah i mean it's like where you hold hold the line in a way or where the you're open to negotiation then or like how that, how you negotiate through those things. Yeah, exactly. It makes total sense.
1: Yeah. And I love dancing to his, I mean, I love dancing to Nick's music. It's really, it's good. Yeah. And if we're like in a, you know, just like grumpy with each other, it always works for him to play music. You know, it's just (laughs) like, (laughs) he's the literal, you know, String players like literally make music out of tension. Like that, the Mm. tension on the string is like the thing that makes the sound. And I think that that's a real gift, um, in our relationship, at least, um, to have that as a, as a space of like, okay, we can figure this out, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm excited that you're making something and it's coming up here uh, soon in October. Um, Well, so finally, Maggie, uh, I think it's just so important to acknowledge, again, the work you've done through the years. Um, And I I really do think of you as just, you're putting your work out there, you're educating, uh, being part of the students and kind of behind the scenes organizing that you do uh, really makes things happen and move forward from SPCPA to the University of Minnesota's dance program and, and just in the community in general. You know, I definitely am, am leaning on your shoulder every now and then too with uh, your experiences and expertise and, and knowledge that you have. So uh, your impacts of pedagogy of dance, let alone your own work in this community are just really, really strong and important. So thank you so much for that and, and for sharing your passion and expanding the reach and exposure of this art form it's a big thank you, Maggie.
1: Thank you, Matthew. It's been, I mean, those words are, make me a little weepy. Um, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but thank you for saying them. And I'm just really grateful for the chance to have a conversation about, about what it is we're doing. Because I think we need to be able to name that.
0: Mm, yeah, language. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Matthew thanks for joining us today next week we talk with Michael Casper, once a company member of the famed New Dance Lab